You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. I'm here in the studio with Jeff and Neil. Boys, good to be back. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Neil, Neil's not too happy. <laughs> but it, it's fair that he's not too happy. Why is that, Neil? With, um, with I, as few words as possible. Dental procedure, swollen pain. <laughs> so he's hurting. Neil's hurting pretty bad, but he's going to be playing for a little while with us. Uh, Jeff, how you doing? We are, we're back from our trip. Yeah. Yeah, this is our first uh, episode back. So if we're a little rusty, a little slow on the uh, answers, give us a little grace today, you know? Do you agree? Or don't. Or don't. That's fine. Whatever. You can listen. <laughs> you can listen however you guys want. That's fine. You're nice and tan. But uh, yeah, since Neil's uh, kind of on the ropes here, uh, we might have a special guest later to uh, tag him out if he's really, really hurting. So we'll, okay. we'll see if that, that tag team player shows up later. Who could say? Who could say if they're going to show up? But uh, we do have some great guests to start us off. First, one of our players who's going to start with Neil today. Uh, she's an Oakland Five supporter who's been here once before from Baltimore. Kristen Bursett Harris, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Always a pleasure to have you. Uh, why don't you remind the folks about uh, about you? Yeah, I live uh, near the Baltimore area, work in Washington, D.C. Um, morning talk show host for a station down there. So interviewing celebrities, musicians, chefs, authors like Neil over there. Um, you were on my show for your for your Patrick Swayze book, so that was fun to have. Uh, maybe next time we get to actually be in person. It was over Zoom because it was COVID. <laughs> I would love that. I will come in a tuxedo and top hat. Come visit you, Matt uh, inter- and come visit me. Have you interviewed any uh, magicians, by the way? There have been a few, but none that uh, really, you know, that you know of. It's kind of those under-the-radar newbie types. Nobody big okay. like, you know, a David Copperfield or anybody. But but they'll get there. Get and we'll there. talk about that in, in just a second here. <laughs> uh, Matt, by the way, where is he? Uh, I was going to make up something, but he's in sunny Puerto Rico looking for the origin of the pina colada. Drinking out of a coconut or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I thought he was just gambling at the casino, that, even though he could be laying on the beach. That could be, too. Uh, our next guest is going to be our host today. We appreciate you uh, writing the questions for us. You're an Oakland Five supporter from Chicago, Roan Talzma. How you doing today? 
I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I mentioned before we started, I've never written trivia before. This was a brand new project for me, and I had so much fun, and I can't wait to play this game with you guys. But, yeah, I'm but, super pumped. But no stranger to trivia we hear. No, I do have a background in trivia. Uh, I do play a lot of bar trivia, but maybe how more people listening would maybe know me as I appeared on Jeopardy about a year and a half ago in January of 2022. Uh, I was a one-day champion. Uh, it so happens that the returning champion who I defeated was 40-day champion Amy Schneider. Uh, and so I got quite a bit of notoriety and clout <laughs> in the trivia community for that reason. Um, whether that's earned or not, I'm not sure. You might have to have me on as a guest to determine that. <laughs> or a player, uh, um, but I wanted to host first. So yeah, I'm uh, super excited to be here. And uh, so I found Triviality because Jeopardy kind of reawakened my interest in trivia. I wasn't like a really big trivia person until I was going to be on the show and had to study a lot. And then from there, I've, I, trivia has become a really uh, pretty big and, and fun and awesome part of my life. So yeah. That's great. Well, wonderful. Um, well, we need our uh, team names here. It's going to be Neil and Kristen to start. Uh, before uh, we began, you were telling us about the uh, David Copperfield show <laughs> that you went to, which was maybe a little underwhelming. So what's your team name going to be today? Yeah, I was just got back from Vegas seeing David Copperfield, you know, iconic magician, but it was the strangest show I've ever seen. So uh, maybe he should just take it and ride off into the sunset of Las Vegas. I don't know. But we came up with Abra Cadaver, which now that we're thinking about it, kind of plays pretty well into that. Yeah. So Abra Cadaver, <laughs> I was like, I've heard that before. That sounds familiar. And we looked it up. It's a Powerpuff Girls character, yes. villain. And so me and Jeff are going to be Mojo Jojo. So before we play, we need the rules. Let's have them from Darren. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager zero to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I'm unjustifiably in a position that I would rather not be in. But the cream, the cream will rise all the way to the top. All right, looks like we're ready to go. Neil, you ready? Uh, I'm, uh, I was born ready, but now I'm almost ready. The Ramones song, I Want to Be Sedated, comes to mind right now, Neil. I would prefer to be sedated at all times. <laughs> all right. Regardless, uh, Roan, why don't you take it away with uh, question number one? It's a pretty standard game of triviality. I didn't deviate from the format too much, but there is a theme. Uh, the name of my game is Knight of a Thousand Björks. Uh, Björk is my favorite musician of all time, and I wanted to incorporate her into this somehow. So um, you don't need to know anything about Björk to know any of these, um, but I did use the names of her songs as my category titles to inspire uh, my questions. So that's the that's the main thing. Love Björk it. will come up again a little bit in the swing round, so you'll, we'll see. But yeah, perhaps we should play this game um, cool. in the dark then. <laughs> and we could dance even. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, great. So on that note, uh, round one, question one category is mycelia. Can I just tell you something really quick? The theme of the yes. game is not up to you, Roan. It's not up to you. It never was. It's not up to you. <laughs> Why did I think you were serious for a second? <laughs> you got it's me there. a Bjork song. Um, <laughs> let's not use. Let's not use all the. Yeah. We got to save some for the game. All right. Yeah. True. All right. Round one. Question one. 
category is mycelia. Some species of mushroom have recently become a trendy superfood or health supplement, such as chaga for boosting immunity, cordyceps as an aphrodisiac, and another fungus named for its shaggy appearance and marketed as a powerful cognitive enhancer. For 10 points, name this mushroom. So we're locked in. I think uh, Neil's probably locked in too, because I remember one time he was on a expedition to find some coffee that was infused with uh, this. I think this is my former stripper name. I think we're going to lock in with Lion's Mane. We said uh, Lion's Mane (laughs) as well. (laughs) You are both correct. Tens across the board. It is Lion's Mane. That that wasn't your name due to your haircut either. (laughs) It wasn't, no. Yeah. Uh my yeah, my name my drag name is Cordyceps, actually. So <laughs> we have <laughs> glad we're drawing from the uh from the same material there. Awesome. All right. Uh round one, question two, category is free fall. In fourteen nineteen, several city council members were thrown out of a window in their town hall by an angry mob. Then in fourteen eighty three, an eerily similar event occurred at three different town halls during a coup. Then, in 1618, two Catholic regents and a secretary were thrown out the window of a chancellery, all surviving the 70-foot drop. For 10 points, name the European capital where all three of these tragic events, also called defenestrations, took place. Stole my my little tidbit there. It's one of my favorite words, uh, but we go ahead and lock in. (laughs) Jeff wrote this down, like, with, like, 10 (laughs) words uh, (laughs) spoken in the question. Any idea on this one, Kristen? I don't. Um, I, I haven't heard of these events, but now that is my new favorite word as well. Demonstrations. My problem is I have, and I don't even know, I can't even remember. Is Oslo the capital of Norway? Yes. Yeah. I just I, I just saw something on that today, so Oslo's in my head, so I don't even know if that's... We could, yeah, I, I was thinking I, maybe like Eastern Europe, but I, I can't think of an I, Eastern Europe capital off, off the top of my head right now, yeah. so... Um, Sophia, Bulgaria. I just know there's a movie studio there. I don't think that's the capital, though. But yeah, do you want to just go Oslo? That's fine. Um, Ken, I believe you've been to this city, and there's a very good reason why you didn't invite me along, uh, because I've always wanted to recreate a defenestration of Prague. So... And uh, you would be correct. It's Prague, Defenestrations of Prague. Yeah, this is uh, one of those Wikipedia articles that I read when I was like 16. And I was like, that's the best word ever. And I knew that someday I would use it. So I'm glad I'm glad someone picked up on it right away. <laughs> yeah. Also sounds like the name of like a 90s like shoegaze band for some reason, <laughs> like Defenestrations of Prague. Yeah. <laughs> it's reminding me of like Mission of Burma, I guess. <laughs> um, it's it's so, long enough yeah. to be the name of a shoegaze band. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Nice work. All right. Question three. Category is sue me. In 2023, a cardiologist named Terry Sanderson sued a celebrity seeking $300,000 in damages. The celebrity ended up successfully countersuing their accuser for $1. For 10 points, name this actress. I know this name. Okay. Let's lock it in. I'm sure you do too. I think this is in both of our wheelhouses, Kristen, so I, I know we know this one. And for the record, for the listeners, too, uh, you're one of my favorite people, Kristen. I just can't really laugh or smile, so I'm not angry or anything talking to you. <laughs> Good to know. So this this uh, rings familiar, Jeff, but I can't quite 
replace the celebrity. I feel like the countersuit of $1 shows a little bit of restraint. Okay. Right? Sure. Um, so it might be somebody like considered like nice in Hollywood. Yeah. What do we what do we think about like maybe like a Kate Hudson type? Okay. I I have no idea. Honestly, this did not cross my radar. Yeah, I I've, I I think I remember this. I don't remember the details though. Let's just go with Kate Hudson. All right, Kristen, what's in the box? Well, <sighs> I remember covering this story. Uh, you might want to light that uh, specific candle. This was on the ski slopes. Um, he claimed that Gwyneth Paltrow ran into him and caused him some uh, some long oh. pain on the ski slope. I don't know if you yeah. This was the Gwyneth Paltrow debacle. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea he was a cardiologist, I guess. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, so we said Gwyneth. Uh, and that is correct. The answer is Gwyneth Paltrow. Not uh, especially, Kate was not a great especially known for her restraint, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. But someone who clearly doesn't need uh, the money. So, In, in one of my favorite yeah. uh, video clips, I think it was the prosecution lawyer was like trying to, she was like rizzing Gwyneth Paltrow like, Oh, it'd be great to be your friend. We should go to a winery or yes. whatever. It was insane. It, um, I don't know if anyone's watched Search Party. Oh, yes. Uh, but the, yes, it reminded that whole trial reminded me of season three of Search Party so much with the with like the really funny lawyer and all of the ridiculousness in the courtroom. Uh, it had it had Search Party energy for sure. But um, yeah, but can, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, was a great person to have one doing this. Oh no, of course, and and one dollar for the uh, yeah. the person who got hurt, but he also got a set of uh, rejuvenation eggs. So the was, jade eggs, yeah, so it was all good. <laughs> yeah, he can uh, handle his uh, chronic pain with some like some gua sha massage. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, nice job. Did you all say right. a set? <laughs> Why do you need more than one? Sometimes you need more. Than you need two. I don't know. They're different sizes. They're like uh, Petrushka dolls, but instead it's it's uh, jade eggs. <laughs> Just in case the TSS doesn't get you the first time. <laughs> are the jade are the jade egg, eggs like linked together? It, it that's a a more refined experience. Okay. Uh, those you are know you know what they say that all this. <laughs> the, the bigger the egg, the closer to God, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Uh, if we're ready, yes. Question four is uh, category is saint. While saints are most closely associated with the Roman Catholic Church, Orthodox churches also canonize saints, sometimes controversially. For 10 points, name the family canonized by the Russian Orthodox Church in the year 2000, 82 years after they were killed. While Gwyneth Paltrow is in my wheelhouse, this was not in my wheelhouse. Do you have anything, Neil? I... I think it's from a movie. Um, I can't remember if it's Anastasia, the cartoon, or it's or it's um, Doctor Shivago or one of the other Russian ones. The only family name that's coming to me is the Romanov family. I think they were killed, um, and it's from a movie. So I don't know how reliable it is, but that's I'm all good I got. With that that sounds good. Okay. Oh, it was from uh, uh, Avengers Endgame, I believe, where <laughs> Romanov was killed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, they were they were killed all right. Yeah, that's what we said as well, Romanov. And that is correct. It was the Romanov family who were uh, killed by a Bolshevik firing squad in Yekaterinburg in 1918, and then were uh, canonized by the Russian Orthodox Church uh, in the post-Soviet era. I'll, so, I'll believe Bolshevik. Nice job. <laughs> Anastasia, yeah. by the way, was uh, 
one of the Romanov. Yes, it was. Okay. Yes, uh, that was the whole thing where they weren't sure if she was actually killed. She may have escaped. Is she still alive? And there was this whole legend about her. And then they made that movie about her, which is not a Disney movie. I can't remember who made it, but it's not Disney. DreamWorks, maybe. But um, it's also very good. It is very good. I believe they have definitively um, discovered her now. If I remember right, I don't. don't Well, she's not alive. Like her remains. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Nice job. So question five category is ironically enough family uh who doesn't love family bands some famous ones include the partridge family the allman brothers and a rock duo formed in detroit in 1997 the group was notable for going out of their way to make the nature of their familial connection ambiguous though they do share a last name for 10 points name this group so Kristen, i have an idea but now that i'm thinking about it uh, they actually might have been married, or or maybe that was the ambiguity that Rowan was talking about. Uh, the White Stripes were Meg White mm. and Jack White married, or are they related? That's a good point. Yeah, I forgot about them. That's why it's the ambiguity behind it. I think they were married, weren't they? I, I like so. that and answer, I, though. I, I'm so torn, because I, I remember when they came out, I was like, is that his wife? Is that his sister? And I, I couldn't remember, but I, I don't know how you feel about it. That That's like all I have coming from me. I'm good with that. It was a, yeah. it was a real Chinatown situation. <laughs> the your failed, sister, I'm your mother. It was the failed first pitch wife. for the TLC show, Sister Wives. And we're, uh, we're saying White Stripes also. And you are both correct. One of my favorite bands, this is the White Stripes. Yeah. Um, they were married and then got divorced, but um, kept their last names the same. And actually what's very interesting is that Jack took Meg's last name of White oh. um, and, and kept it. Yeah. Um, but they would, Better in interviews name. to kind of freak people out, would kind of like pretend that they were brother and sister because they do look eerily similar. <laughs> they look about, like they could be related. Talking about open, opening yeah. presents on Christmas uh, hey. back when they were children, just separately. Yeah. But they didn't say separately. <laughs> All right. press is good press, right? And after five questions, the scores are tied at 40. And before we continue, just wanted to do a little plug here. I'm going to be plugging my new book that is coming out October 10th. Super excited about it. It's called Behind the Screens, Illustrated Floor Plans and Scenes from the Best TV Shows of All Time. It's about uh, floor plans from different TV shows, about 40 of them. An artist from Spain named Iñaki drew uh, overhead layouts of all uh, of the best TV shows of all time. And I supplied... All of the text, which includes historical information, trivia, Easter eggs, behind the scenes, everything that you need to know for trivia when it comes to TV shows like Cheers, The Simpsons, The Office, and more. Uh, And uh, I'm going to be hopefully uh, releasing some more content to give you an idea of what it looks like, especially for patrons, maybe a special little preview coming soon. It's a very Uh, cool looking book, might I say. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And if you, yeah, just go search uh, behind the screens uh, on Amazon or bookshop.org. Uh, and uh, it would do me a great, great honor if you would uh, pre-order it because uh, pre-orders are very important. And I'll, yeah, I'll keep talking about it uh, for the next few months. So thank you. And with that uh, shameless, shameless self-promotion, it looks like this competitor is completely exhausted. He's reaching out for a tag, and luckily someone has entered the arena and entered the ring and tagged him out. The man I like to call occasionally big-time sensuality, but is also known as Taylor Cook. Welcome back to the show, Taylor. Your rules guy impersonator, which we greatly appreciate. Coming to us from Pittsburgh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here and happy to help. Yeah, I, I know Neil's uh, <clears throat> in a little bit of a recovery state right now. I'm um, not sure how much was mentioned since I just kind of popped in here, but 
Well, we know that little... we know that he's had some dental surgery, which ah, is which yeah. is your forte, correct? Uh, yeah, to some degree, at least in in his case, what what the procedure he had done, yeah, it's right up right up my alley, right in my specialty. But yeah, and uh, you know, it was Neil was feeling a little nervous going into it. We talked about it a lot, and eventually the decision was made that we just uh, we just do this do it do it virtually, kind of like they've been doing some some surgeries with uh, with robots, and you know, so I just uh, did it over did it over Zoom from uh from pittsburgh and had a little robot arm there and in chicago it went went pretty well but you know he's got a little little post-op swelling it's not uncommon but um might be a little strenuous to just talk for two hours so and you're you're a you're a fine you're a fine oral surgeon however the connectivity (laughs) issues over zoom were a little uh you know there there was was a little touch and go it's a little touch and go you know not not in terms of like his vitals but you know just uh, (laughs) the the connect the connection his grill's Uh, just a little a little messed to to give you an idea uh, what the procedure i was supposed to have done was an apicoectomy but because of the connection issues it was an apatowectomy so now i can't make jokes like judd apatow Mm, so i see Mm -hmm. yeah it's good to have you again, uh, Taylor. Welcome to the show. We're in question six. So, Roan, go ahead and take it away, and uh, it'll be uh, Taylor and Kristen continuing. Question six, yeah. Category is Black Lake. Black Lake is the home of a certain character created by comedic actor Noel Fielding on the BBC comedy show The Mighty Boosh. The character went viral on YouTube in the 2000s for drinking Baileys out of his shoe. For 10 points, name this character. We're locked in. We're locked in. <laughs> nice. Now we know. Nice. Now we know how this game's going to go. <laughs> you ever drink babies out of a uh, shoe? Uh, yeah. Uh, we chose uh, the greatest uh, literary character of all time, Old Greg. Yeah, we also, uh, this is a, a very, very one of my favorite facts uh, to talk to about people who are into the Great British Baking Show is that, hey, you guys remember that that YouTube video, old Greg? Yeah, that's this guy. Um, and that's Greg with two Gs, by the way, at the end. So three Gs total. Three Gs, yeah. Old Greg. Um, yeah, uh, wow, amazing poll, both of you. Uh, this was, uh, this is old Greg. Nice job. Um, I I've never watched the Mighty Boosh, but um, I kind of uh, I sort of grew up in in the in the early YouTube era, and I feel like I remember this being like one of the one of the first like big like viral memes of YouTube, um, and so it's just burned into my memory. Um, yeah, and I was thinking about it because I once he got a Great British Baking Show, I was like, wait, that's Old Greg, and it all came together. <laughs> Shout out to my friend um, so Amber yeah, nice for job. introducing me to Old Greg, and I've never been the same. He changes you. He really changes really you. Does. Yeah awesome work all right cool uh all right so question seven category is headphones something we all know a lot about being on a podcast um so the impedance of headphones refers to their electrical resistance and can impact audio quality and compatibility with various devices low impedance headphones are easier to drive and work well with portable devices while high impedance headphones require more power and are often used with dedicated audio equipment for 10 points, name the unit of measurement for impedance named for a German scientist. Do you have any uh, thoughts on this one? I am. No, of course, it's like I think of electronics and I think of like Hertz or mm-hmm. megahertz. Yep. That's, yeah, Hertz was my first thought, too. Yeah. I just wanted to see if you knew anything more. So Hertz, I mean, and that kind of sounds like a German name as well. Yeah. I feel like I should know this because I really liked electrical parts of uh, physics back in, you know, when that was the required course. But yeah. I don't know that it's hurts for certain, but I'd, I'd if that's what you want to guess, I'm I'm right up the same alley with that. So. Sounds good to me. Yeah, we'll go with hurts. Right, we'll lock in with hurts. H C. 
Well, Jeff, I really need to get Hulu Premium so I stop having to watch advertisements for pills that correct impedance. But uh, <laughs> what, uh, what did you pick here? Um, so I know um, that it is the unit for electrical resistance. So I figured it's the same thing we're talking about. And we just said ohm. Uh, one team got this one right. It is indeed ohms. Nice work. Um, Hertz was a great guess. I feel like I would have maybe guessed hurts because i know nothing of science or physics or anything um but yeah correct answer is ohms do you remember that time that uh they were doing that canadian uh show the the one with the guy who was like trying to build ho- houses but they kept ohms getting in his ohms. way it was ohms on homes yeah right I, I that's that's tickling something i've heard of that i think <laughs> ohms on homes <laughs> yeah that's so sure. silly great so yeah question eight Uh, Category is going to be virus. The Scarlet Plague is a post-apocalyptic novel taking place 60 years after a plague called the Red Death wiped out nearly all of mankind. For 10 points, name the author of The Scarlet Plague, perhaps better known for his 1903 novel about surviving the elements during the Yukon Gold Rush. He's the only one even like in that time slash genre slash gold rushy sort of author. Let's go with it. Okay. Taylor, are you a literature guy? <laughs> I'm really not, unfortunately. <laughs> um, much to the chagrin of my wife, I don't really read too many books, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really thinking of anything here. Um, I'm just trying to think of even authors that I could yeah. think of from around that time period. Definitely not a... That's, that's, a I read um, now, but I'm not familiar with historical literature, so... Right. I'm not even thinking of an author name. Yeah, the surviving the elements of the gold rush. That's your favorite, right? Gary Paulson. I do yeah, love I, Gary no, Paulson. <laughs> when he when he said that, until he said 1903, I was like, ooh, Gary Paulson, maybe, <laughs> but with a hatchet. Yeah. Let's just. Oh right. Yeah. 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 Every everyone's re- re- favorite required reading in fourth or fifth grade or whatever. Yeah. Of and course. Then the gr- the yeah. grizzly sequel, Hatchet, Brian's Revenge. Oh yeah. I, lo- I I met Gary Paulson at a Barnes and Noble. I wore my my Jaguar then, starter jacket. And then the complete left turn of the third sequel, uh, Hatchet Three, Brian's Song. <laughs> just, just like takes it takes a complete a complete uh, one eighty. Um. Well, we can we can go with a joke answer, Gary Paulson, if, if you want. I've, I mean, I don't think I'm going to come with anything. Yeah, we've got nothing else. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. All right, we got a Gary Paulson and uh, another book I read in, uh, I guess, middle school called The Wild, right? Yeah. So, uh, I think you were at White Fang, too. Yeah. Uh, we guessed Jack London. All right. Uh, great deliberation. Points for one team here. Uh, I love the guess of Gary Paulson. I remember Hatchet so vividly in fifth grade. Yep. Um, but the correct answer here is indeed Jack London, author of Call of the Wild. I had so no nice idea job. he wrote anything outside of that genre. Dog, of I thought he just wrote doggy dog. books. <laughs> dog books. <laughs> dirty, dirty dog books. Did yeah. you know when he passed away, his daughter found uh, journal entries uh, about you know his life, and he had hoped one day that they would adapt one of his novels and make the dog completely CGI. Yeah, he invented fought, CGI fought through, the, <laughs> fought through the uh, surgery pain for that one. <laughs> Only you'll know if it was worth right. it. Nice job, everyone. Um, no, no goose eggs yet. I'm, I'm waiting for a stumper. Um, maybe it's this one. We'll see. Um, All right, question nine. 
category is innocence. Uh, this one has a bit of a wind up, pardon the pun. Uh, in 2005, Jose Canseco released a tell all book, Juiced, about the widespread use of steroids in Major League Baseball. Canseco accused several of his fellow baseball players of steroid use in the book, and many of them have gone on to later admit to steroid use during their careers. Why, where, sorry. Others have maintained that they've never used steroids. For 10 points, name the Puerto Rican outfielder who played for the Texas Rangers, among other teams, and maintains his innocence in the MLB steroid scandal to this day, despite being incriminated by Conseco. Um, yeah, we're not really we're not really pulling too much here, but we mentioned a few kind of Spanish-sounding last names. She said Hernandez, which I think would be Hernandez. just about as good of a guess as any. Gonzalez. So. I don't know. When you say Gonzalez, something kind of like it got my attention okay. so i mean I sure you want to go with the lucky gonzalez let's go with the lucky gonzalez i don't all right. know all right lucky gonzalez and it looks like we're going uh rodriguez yeah we guessed alex rodriguez um much more famous for being a yankee but i don't know all right um alex rodriguez is a great guess but uh gonzalez was an even better guess it's juan gonzalez oh no way <laughs> Yeah, walked right into that. Wow. It, it, I, I was dying because you, you rolled over Gonzalez and then you were going to say Hernandez. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're so close to greatness. And Kristen, that was oh, so clutch. You were like, you for, uh, something Gonzalez, something. Me. Yeah. So no yeah. stumpers yet then. Wow. Technically. No stumpers yet. Even though we were both wow, very this is stumped. impressive. <laughs> Good teamwork, Taylor. Yeah. Maybe, a, maybe a stumper in spirit, uh, but still some points off the board. So I like to see that. Yeah, this would have been Juan Gonzalez, uh, who played most, yeah, mostly for the Rangers, also for a few other teams. Um, I went with him because he was someone who I had heard of, uh, but was not too easy. So I, I know nothing really of baseball. So yeah, um, glad we went on that journey together. And uh, last question for round one, question 10. Uh, category is going to be Isabel. Isabel Catherine Stevens is the full name of a doctor on a long-running medical drama. Though she only appeared in the first six seasons after the actor requested to be released from her contract early, she did end up winning an Emmy for the role after her second season. So, for 10 points, name the show featuring Dr. Stevens, and for five bonus points, name the actor. Yeah, Kevin and I both had this one yep. right away. Very sad. Taylor, I, got, I know this one. Are you guys locked in? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I got very excited when I, when I know one. Um, pretty sure. I immediately started crying about a, a breakfast chain of restaurants. <laughs> Denny's. Yeah. So Isabel Stevens, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm jumping the gun, reminds Catherine Heigl of Grey's Anatomy. That's what's coming to mind. Does that ring a bell? Nope. Let's do it. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Better known as Izzy, I believe, on the show, Catherine Heigl for Grey's Anatomy. Uh, yeah, 15 points for everyone. This is Catherine Heigl of Grey's Anatomy. Um, I've never seen a single episode of Grey's Anatomy, but I have a former coworker who loved it and talked to me about it all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> After the first round, uh, the teams are very close here. We have Abracadaver with 75 points going into the swing round and Team uh, Mojo Dojo Casa House, or what's your name? <laughs> Mojo Jojo. Mojo Jojo. Uh, you have 85 points, so very tight game going into the swing round. Listen, Neil, I am Knuff. I am Knuff. You are Knuff. Yes. You should be You should be a Knuff. All right. Let's get into it. I'm super excited. Uh, this is my favorite part of the game to write for me. Um, so Bjork is well known for collaborating with artists of many genres from all over the world. 
Uh, coincidentally, geography is my favorite trivia subject. So for this swing round, I will provide a list of 10 of Bjork's collaborators. Your task will be to correctly identify the collaborators' nationalities. I will provide a hint with each collaborator that points you to their country of origin. No countries are repeated. You'll get five points for every correct answer. Awesome. Um, how do we feel? We feel good, ready to start? Feel like good. It. All right. Excellent. So yeah, I'll read through all of them and then uh, we'll take it from there. So number one is Karen Dreyer, hailing from a nation whose former king, Gustavus Adolphus, was nicknamed the Lion of the North. Number two is Arca hailing from the nation with the tallest single-drop waterfall in the world, Angel Falls. Number three is Isadora Bjarkadotir Barney, hailing from the island nation whose parliament, called the All Thing, is among the longest surviving parliaments in the world. Number four, Death Grips, hailing from a nation whose national men's soccer team was eliminated in the round of 16 at the 2022 World Cup. It was the highest placing of the three countries hosting the World Cup in 2026. Number five, Tanya Tagak, who is of Inuit descent, hailing from the same nation as another musician, Carly Rae Jepsen. Number six, Alec Empire, hailing from the most populous member state of the European Union. Number seven, Alguincho, hailing from the same nation as film director Pedro Almodovar. Number eight, 808 State, hailing from the nation whose major rivers include the Severn, the Medway, and the Trent. Number nine, Kasimin, hailing from the nation with the world's largest total population of Muslims. And number 10, Catherine Deneuve, hailing from the European Union member state with the largest total area. Uh, no tricky. That's too bad. Anyways, uh, great questions, though. We'll be right back while we think about these answers. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— we answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw 
A thought she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she was, or call the police or call the police like <laughs> she should have. Exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then from beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. All right, we are back uh, after a lengthy deliberation in the swing round. We will see how we did with these nations. Roan, take it away. All right. Uh, so for number one was Karen Dreyer, hailing from a nation whose former king, Gustavus Adolphus, was nicknamed the Lion of the North. We went ahead and guessed Sweden on this one. Didn't know. We didn't know either. Thought the name sounded vaguely... German-ish, and ended up guessing uh, Belgium. Um, and points for one team, that is Sweden. Well, there goes our uh, other one. Yeah, Karen, <laughs> Karen Dreyer uh, is of the band The Knife, and her solo project Fever Ray, one of my favorite artists, just going to plug her real quick. Although The Knife isn't doing music anymore, uh, but great band. Uh, number two is another of my favorite artists, Arca, uh, hailing from the nation with the tallest single drop waterfall in the world, Angel Falls. Jeff, you want to take this? You're the geography man, so. I, I, I feel like I am indeed. Got a little uh, tripped up thinking of a different waterfall, but then remembered, oh, Angel Falls is the one I was trying to remember. We said Venezuela. Yeah, we we had the, exa- I had the exact same uh, mental trip up as well, and I was like, I thought that's in Africa, but then I was like, oh yeah, Angel Falls, Venezuela. Yeah, points for both teams. That would be Venezuela. All right. Uh, number three, Isadora Bjarkadotir Barney, hailing from the island nation whose parliament, the All Thing, is among the lar- longest surviving parliaments in the world. Yeah, a couple tip-offs on this one uh, that led us to Iceland. We got some of that from the name, right? Yeah, Iceland. Yeah, that is definitely an Icelandic name. A uh, bit of an Easter egg here for Bjork fans. Uh, Isadora is Bjork's daughter. Uh, and they and she sang on her most recent album, Fossera. So, yeah. Um, cool. Another artist I love, number four, is Death Grips, hailing from a nation whose national men's soccer team was eliminated in the round of 16 at the 2022 World Cup and is also the highest placing of the three countries that will be hosting the World Cup in 2026. Yeah, I'm a fan of uh, Death Grips' drummer, who also played in uh, Team Sleep, which I absolutely adore. And uh, I believe he's American, so he said USA. Yeah, we were going through the World Cup, and I remember DC was part of a yeah a campaign to bring the World Cup to the nation's capital. It was a big story for us around there. So then we're thinking Canada, U.S., Mexico. I knew they were grouped together. I just couldn't remember if it was 2026. But figured, since you said three countries, um, it was one of that. So we also went with uh, the U.S. And you would be right. That is the United States of America. Um, number five, we have Tanya Tagak, of, who is of Inuit descent and hails from the same nation as another musician, Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, yep, pretty sure this one's Canada. We also said Canada. 
And you would be right. Uh, Tanya Tagak is an Inuit throat singer, uh, was on Bjork's album Medulla, which is like a completely acapella, like all vocal album, my favorite album of hers. Um, throat singing is really cool. Look up Tanya Tagak on YouTube. It's, it's like sweet. Um, cool. Question six. We had Alec Empire hailing from the most populous member state of the European Union. Not technically the most populous country in Europe, uh, but certainly the most populous country in the European Union. We said Germany. We realize we really need to brush up on what countries are in the European Union. Uh, we weren't sure. We were kind of going by size, population, and we said Turkey. Uh, yeah, Turkey has been in nearly 20 years of drama trying to get into the EU. So I heard you guys debating about that. I wanted to jump in so bad because <laughs> that's like a topic I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, this is indeed Germany. So nice job. Um Number seven, last one I'll say this for, another one of my favorite artists. We have El Guincho, hailing from the same nation as film director Pedro Almodovar. Uh, pretty sure that's Mexico. We too went Mexico. Should have gone with Spain. Yeah, I knew Neil oh. was uh, was chomping at the bit with those messed up teeth. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, this is indeed Spain. Uh, Mexico is definitely a, a red herring for that one. Um all right. Uh, number eight is 808 State, hailing from the nation whose major rivers include the Severn, the Medway, and the Trent. I think the more famous one is the Thames, um, but we said the UK, but specifically a, uh, England. Yeah, we, we said England as well. I know there's a, a pottery uh, a pottery competition show that I like to watch that takes place in Stoke-on-Trent, and so I knew the Trent River was in England. Um, yep, you're both right. That would be England. And then we have number nine is Kasimin, hailing from the nation with the world's largest total population of Muslims. Uh, we went with Indonesia. We were totally lost on this. Uh, guess a lot of different countries, but ended up settling actually on Indonesia as well. Yep. And you are both correct. That is Indonesia. And number 10, we have Catherine Deneuve, hailing from the European Union member state with the largest total area. Yeah, this one gets really interesting because they like to claim a large piece of land that they own in South America as sovereign France. Um, so we said France. We just guessed Sweden. We thought it was one of the Scandinavian countries. I don't know. Yeah, Sweden, not a bad guess. It is a it is a very large nation. Um, France is also pretty large in Europe, but indeed, because of its overseas territory claims, uh, this was indeed France. Um, yeah, Catherine Deneuve is actually a pretty well-known French actress, um, and she collaborated with Björk on the uh, soundtrack to Dancer in the Dark. So that's the connection there. After the swing round, Abracadaver picking up 35 points, bringing their total to 110. But uh, Mojo Dojo, Casa House, etc., picking up 45 points, bringing their total to 130, so expanding their lead. And with that, let's uh, toss it right back to uh, Venus as a boy, Roan. Oh, what a compliment. I have put that song on too many playlists in my in my day. Uh, yes. Um, nice job, everyone. That was uh, music and geography are like my two, my two loves in my life, and that was a... Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun to listen to. So thank you. Um, so headed into round two. Question one, category is desired constellation. In ancient times, the Greek astronomer Ptolemy identified and named 48 constellations. One of these is known for several bright stars, including Antares, and is named after the monster that killed Orion. It also happens to be Bjork's sun sign in astrology. 
For 10 points, name this constellation. I had written down the ram and the lion first, but I had forgotten about the centaur archer person. And that's kind of... What was that, Sagittarius? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're in the month of Leo, so I don't know if there's any game theory there, but... You know what? Let's do it. My mom's a Leo. Her birthday was two, a few days ago, so... All right. So you guys are going Leo. That was our initial guess, but we're going to go with Scorpio. Maybe he, he got a little little sting. All right. Um, yeah, the, the stumpless game continues. We have one team with points here. Um, Leo is a fine guess, uh, but I was looking for Scorpio. All right. So uh, question two, category is undo. Annulments and quick-to-end marriages are a common topic in the world of celebrity gossip. One such celebrity made a certain Jason Alexander, not the actor from Seinfeld, Briefly famous in 2004 when she annulled their marriage after just 55 hours. For 10 points, name the celebrity. Yeah, we can lock in. Oops, I did it again. I was, was going to say, <laughs> is this the Britney Spears this thing? Because I do remember this. Yep, yeah, Miss Spears. We'll lock in with Britney. Go ahead. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> Easy peasy. It's Britney, bitch. Yeah, nice work. Um, was thinking about trying to see that Britney jukebox musical while I'm here in New York. Uh, I don't think it's going to work out time-wise, but uh, I'm quite the Britney fan, actually. And yeah, remember that very vividly. That's one of those. It start, um, that started in D.C., and I never went to go see it. It's like Dear Evan Hansen started here, Come From Away, before they go. And I so wish I had seen it. It looks amazing. I don't yeah, know if there's any um, reference to Kevin Federline's Popo Zhao in that musical. Probably not. <laughs> Missed opportunities. That'd be a really deep cut. Yeah, seriously, you should be producing the show, it sounds like. Um, all right, nice, nice, nice job. That was quick. Nice job, everyone. Question three, category is Oceania. The continent of Oceania is considered to consist of up to five subregions. Australasia and New Zealand are two of these, along with Polynesia, Micronesia, and one more, consisting of some larger island nations, including Fiji and Papua New Guinea. For 10 points, name this subregion of Oceania, so named for the dark skin common amongst its native peoples. Well, couldn't really pull anything here, but um, we just decided maybe we could throw out a wild uh, Tanesia. Tanesia. Love it. <laughs> I think the skin, Certainly not where I'm from. I think the skin-related thing you were trying to get at was melanin, because I believe this is Melanesia. And you would be right. Yeah, this is Melanesia. Same same root as the word for melanin. Yeah. Looks like Jeff's uh, brain break has been very good for him because he's, he's like right it. on with this uh, geography stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, had to go to the hospital for Tunisia a few weeks ago. It was like really <laughs> scary. Um, a little too much time in the but sun. But that was a great guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, nice work. All right, um, question four, category is Aurora. In Disney's Sleeping Beauty, the main character is known as Aurora. However, the story of Sleeping Beauty predates the existence of Disney by nearly 600 years. For 10 points, give the two-word floral name of the princess we know as Aurora in the German version of this folktale, as published by the Brothers Grimm. Neil, you got anything for us? I do. Taylor was a little close, uh, probably because he had his hands in my mouth across country. Um, but uh, the answer, I believe, is Briar Rose. So that's what I would lock in if I was you. And we went with uh, a character 
called uh, Rose Red, which I believe was like a counterpart to Snow White, but we said Rose Red. Glad we were all on the same page about Rose, um, but yeah, Neil came came in very clutch here. The answer was Briar Rose. As soon as he said it, nice I was job. like, oh, I yeah. have heard of that. That's what happens when your nieces uh, are asking you about princesses, and they keep saying, why? Why? <laughs> like, well, originally it was Briar Rose. Four why? hours on Wikipedia later. Right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Nice work. Um, question five. Category is all neon-like. Neon colors aren't typically associated with food items, but that has not stopped companies from trying. One such company briefly offered squeezable margarine in electric blue and shocking pink during the late 90s. For 10 points, name the company responsible for fun squeeze margarine. So we're not uh, completely sure of the dairy companies. We're going to lock in with a guess. Uh, We settled on Lando Lakes. Okay. We're going to go with a company that's not really known for their butter and margarine, but is known for fun squeeze and ugly colors, and that is Heinz. I believe if our corn Heinz had the margarine on it, it would probably taste better than the what, what it ended up being. But uh, we're going to go with Heinz. Um, cool. So for the first time in this game, enduring regulation, no points awarded. Um, I, I don't have not feel bad about, about it. Co- I don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't. I have not thought about this company in a very long time, actually. They are indeed very well known for their margarine and absolutely nothing else. This is Parquet. Oh. oh. They're, they're the, I yeah. believe, you, not, it's not butter people, right? Are, are they? I think that, that's maybe. a Maybe. I thought they were in, I thought they were in, competi- in competition, I thought. I was very into it. I loved the pink butter, as gross as it is in hindsight. It's probably why I'm like this now. Um, yeah, this is this is parquet. <laughs> I mean, I do literally have ADHD, so I don't know that red dye forty. Like you know, you never know. But um, yeah, it uh, it tasted just like margarine. So like you know, a solid four out of ten. Um, After the first five in the second round, just like surfers use sex wax to clean their board, uh, it looks like our parkour competitors here in the studio are using parquet to uh, butter up their scores. So Abracadaver picking up 20 points, bringing their total to 130. I don't know what I said before all this. And then Mojo Jojo picking up 30, bringing their total to 160. All right. Question six is crystalline. Crystals are a common motif in video games, uh, featuring as currency or serving some other symbolic purpose. Uh, this is perhaps no truer for any series of games than a long-running Japanese franchise. From 2009 to 2016, entries into this series were part of a sub-series called Fabula Nova Crystallis. For 10 points, name this video game series, and for 5 bonus points, give me the title of any entry in the Fabula Nova Crystallis sub-series. So we we couldn't really come up with much here. It's not really my genre of games to play. So we just we just went with Final Fantasy, but didn't really try to wager a, a guess as to what a subgenre title would be. Okay, we agree that it's Final Fantasy for sure. I believe the uh, the subheading was referring to Final Fantasy thirteen, Final Fantasy thirteen two, and Final Fantasy thirteen Lightning Returns. Uh, so we'll just say Final Fantasy 13 for our answer. I can't believe Lightning Returns came out in 2016 because it's unpolished. 
um wow that uh really showing off uh with that answer i can't give more bonus points than just the five but yeah we're looking at final fantasy and final fantasy 13 was indeed uh the first entry into the fabula nova cristala subseries um so nice work uh, the reason that it went until 2016 is actually because Final Fantasy 15 is also part of the Fabula Nova Crystal oh, subseries. Okay. Actually, yeah, because that was originally Final Fantasy versus 13 and was being developed right, at the it was same all time like as Final screwed Fantasy 13. Up and they're like, this yeah. game's canceled. This game's now this game. Right. They... I actually, um, this question was too long anyway, but in the initial write of it, I included that the subseries was marred with development delays and mixed reviews and was uh, was a nightmare. Definitely so, the awkward so, teen so years of Lightning the Final Returns Fantasy Returns was before <laughs> 2016. Yeah, Lightning Returns, I want to say, was 2013. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, even still, for, for 2013 standards. Yeah, not, not so not good. good. But uh, no, great for, for, for the main answer. Yeah, points all around. Love Final Fantasy. Glad I got to include this. Nice work. Just started uh, 16. It's pretty good so far. Question seven. Category is Declare Independence. Uh the late 18th and early 19th century was defined by revolution across the world and the beginnings of decolonization. Leading the charge in the Caribbean was a nation that achieved independence in 1804. In doing so, it became the first nation in the Americas to eliminate slavery. For 10 points, name this country. We are locked in. After going through the um, basically the entire uh, lyrical breakdown of um, the Beach Boys' Kokomo and kind of going through... <laughs> the uh, Caribbean islands in some fashion there, or at least most of Florida, um, we ended up going with the Bahamas. We didn't get very far. We, we didn't no. get very far into the, the <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> I believe the uh, the correct answer is not in the lyrics, right? I don't believe it is. Um, I believe that maybe they were just opportunistic. And while France was reeling from some revolutions of their own, they seized their chance to break away. We guessed Haiti. And um, yeah, points for Mojo Jojo. This is Haiti. Uh, nice job. Yeah, they had a, uh, it was the only country that uh, achieved independence by way of a slave revolt um, in 1804. So yeah, it's great. It's a great story. That's a, that's a war worth reading about for sure. Uh, yeah, that one will make you feel good if you're uh, been reading too much about like Vietnam or whatever, which I have done um, or World War One for that matter. <laughs> um, all right. Nice job um number eight category is hunter the hunter is a 1969 album by a certain married couple coming out during the blues revival of the late 60s its title track and lead single only peaked at number 93 on the billboard hot 100 however it did net the female member of this duo her first of many solo grammy nominations for 10 points, name this iconic R&B artist. And so I'm looking for the female member of the duo that I described. All right. We have a uh, solid guess. I kind of thought it was too early for these musicians, but uh, Jeff says no. no so I don't, I don't we're going to so. go go with it. The first thing I can think of as far as like that time period, I know she was really young when she started and started as a, as a, um, as a married, basically, relationship was Ike and Tina Turner. Um, and Tina Turner was who I was thinking of, especially given the rest of it, because I think, I mean, obviously, you know, she jumped off into her own solo thing and, and got very successful after, you know, breaking ties with him. So I don't really have anything else. Actually, the first thing I wrote was Sonny and Cher, but then he said R&B <laughs> and I was like, nope. <laughs> you're um, you're but, reciting everything that I just did. I thought Sonny and Cher and I was like, nope, not R&B. So that led me straight to Ike and Tina Turner. And then I couldn't remember. That's why I've written down. I couldn't remember 
if Ike sang too, or if it, if he was part of a band, you know, because he said duo. But I, th- I think I, they sang together. I think so. Because um, especially in Proud Mary, like I think he did the deep part. Yeah. Of the you know, so I'm I'm pretty sure they they yeah they yeah. sang together. And she was super young, um, and then broke out right. years later mm-hmm. with everything. I'm good with Tina Turner. Right. Yeah, I, let's say Tina Turner. Well, you guys saying that she's super young uh, makes me feel better because, like I said, I thought it was too early, but uh, we said uh, I can Tina Turner. Uh, yeah, ding, ding, ding. Points for everyone. Uh, you are both simply the best. This is <laughs> Tina Turner. Yeah, she nice was... Nice job. Uh, I, I know when I saw her um, obituary a couple months back, um, I, she was born in like 39, I want to say, so she was, she was older than you'd think. She well, looked really good for her age for a long awesome. time. So uh, question nine, we have a, a classic Bjork song, uh, Human Behavior. So on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills... Lisa Rinna accused Yolanda Hadid of having a certain psychological syndrome. Rinna described a person with this condition as one who feigns disease, illness, or psychological trauma to draw attention, sympathy, or reassurance to themselves, suggesting that Hadid was faking her diagnosis of Lyme disease. For 10 points, name the psychological condition Rinna was describing. All right, we're locked in. Assuming it's, she said the correct thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just know it from the house. She was reading but... off of her phone oh. um, a, a definition of it. So yeah, definitely she got then, she got then, it right. Then we're left. <laughs> it's sad to say that that's closer than most people get to like throwing around diagnoses willy nilly. So right, yeah, because that's that's <laughs> become an unfortunate cultural trend. Taylor, my first thought was Munchausen's. Isn't that is that what I'm thinking of? Um, I, so I think so. This is like one of those weird sex or like S E C T. Yes. Sex. Yeah, I know what you meant. Of, uh, this is one of those weird sex things. Uh, yeah, of, sorry. Of, uh, of, like, that do you want to do the reverse that, Munchausen's? Yeah, pay that much attention to. Um, that does sound like correct to me, though, because I'm pretty sure... I, I think there was a House episode about this, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's go with Munchausen's. Or sometimes they go as far as that, trying to treat the illness that doesn't exist. We also said Munchausen's. Um, And you are both right. This is Munchausen syndrome. So question 10. We we made it. Oh, my gosh. Round two, question 10. Category is one day. Shows with counterterrorism plots were a dime a dozen on network television in the 2000s. But perhaps none are as well-remembered as this series, featuring a unique conceit which required all of its cast members to have their hair trimmed every five days. For 10 points, name this critically acclaimed television series that also faced criticism for its Islamophobia and glorification of torture. I, I wrote down 24 question mark because I know that was kind of some counterterrorism stuff, but oh. I really don't think that describes Well, that's this. But that's supposed to happen within 24 hours, so they couldn't look different from week to week. I week. guess that's true, right? Because they'd have to they'd have to look exactly the same throughout the episode. Yeah. Because, right? It's only. Did you give that's it an time interesting round? thought? Uh, I said uh, in the two thousands, okay. and you said critically acclaimed. So I don't know if that won. I I like that. Any awards? But, I okay, like that. Let's Taylor. go with the. Let's go with a with a lucky Jack Bauer in twenty four. And now that you mentioned, it, I oh, feel sorry. like. Neil has talked about 24 before, so we'll see if we're right. Uh, he definitely has. <laughs> but, but, but in fairness, I'm not sure if there's much Neil hasn't made reference That's to true. over the 320 <laughs> plus episodes of Triviality. Oh, um, I think you're you're on the right can, path here. I wrote down boop, beep, 
boop, beep. Am I on the right path? Yeah, I think so. We're, we're saying 24. And I believe Jack Barr worked for CTU, which was the counterterrorism unit. That is correct. Uh, yes, 10s across the board for question 10. This is 24. And it's funny about a show that Roan described, uh, you know, maybe Islamophobia or violence or torture and stuff. And Kiefer is a pacifist and he played Jack Bauer. Um, and my other favorite fact is there was uh, someone was getting assaulted and he ran up to him to break up the fight. And the guy actually thought it was Jack Bauer and stopped and ran away. So <laughs> awesome. there you go. Uh, wow. After a... after regulation, uh, Avracadaver uh, picking up 40 points in the second half there, bringing their toll to 170. And Mojo Jojo picking up 55 points with that bonus Final Fantasy question, bringing their total to 215 going into the final round. All right. So with that, uh, we just want to remind all of our listeners that uh, Patreon still there. We're uh, are we are we uh, over 500? Going approaching 500. Currently, uh, as of the date of this recording, we are 504. 504. So we're getting there, guys. Yeah, uh, but you every... know that's an error, Ken. So we're going to get that number way up. Every little bit helps. Like even just $1 a month is super helpful. If everybody gave $1, we'd be in good shape. We can keep this podcast going forever and ever and ever, right? Yeah, we were having a discussion the other day. We were saying, you know, if we if we can't really bring up the numbers, we might have to hang it up at 500, which is a nice even <laughs> way to end this show. But Not patrons, we're, we'll go a couple more years. 500 episodes, 500 episodes. But if, if our patrons keep increasing, like Ken said, <laughs> yeah. even at a dollar a month, uh, we can hopefully keep this ship uh, going for many years. And with that, let's uh, go into the final round. All right. So uh, nice job. These are these are really beefy scores. Um, and I have some beefy questions for you. I don't know why that's my, my word today uh, in the bonus round. <laughs> where's the beef? Uh, uh, where's the beef? Fresh, where, I can't believe frozen. it's not beef. Yeah. Um, so uh, this kind of this bonus round is about Bjork in a very, very tangential way. But really, it's about me. Um, the following categories I'm going to provide are all correct responses that I gave on Jeopardy. Um, they also do happen to spell out Bjork uh, with their first letters. All right. Uh, so your five categories you'll be wagering on are as follows. Bangladesh. Johansson. Oats. Raleigh and Columbia, that's one answer, and Korean alphabet. And the wagers are now in. It looks like both teams are throwing caution to the wind and going 30s all the way down. Categories are looking a little scary, but let's just see what happens, shall we? Bjork would have never made it Uh, anywhere without taking risks, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I was going to say neither would I. Uh, I won Jeopardy because I made a true daily double at a clunch moment and and was able to win. So uh, I feel I feel good. I feel like I've influenced all of you in that way. So I'm excited. Um, On that note, I'll start to rattle these off. So question one, Bangladesh. Bangladesh's history is unique for having achieved independence twice. The first independence came in 1947 from the British Empire. Name the country Bangladesh declared independence from in 1971. Question two, Johansson. In 2020, Scarlett Johansson achieved a rare feat in her career. She was nominated by, for the Academy Awards for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress simultaneously, though she did not win either award. Johansson was nominated for Best Actress for Marriage Story. Name the film for which Johansson was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in 2020. Question three, Oats. Hall and Oates have topped the Billboard Hot 100 six times in their career. 
Name the first of their singles to achieve this feat, peaking at number one in March of 1977. Subtitled You'll Never Learn, the soulful track lamenting the privilege of the titular subject was covered by Nina Simone in 1978 and has the line, high and dry, out of the rain, it's so easy to hurt others when you can't feel pain. Question four, Raleigh and Columbia. The capitals of North and South Carolina lie, both lie in the densely populated Piedmont region of the American South, roughly equidistant from the Appalachian Mountains and the coast. While not connected directly by a U.S. interstate, the two capitals are linked by an older U.S. route, which runs from Maine to Florida and remains an important corridor in both states. Name this United States highway. And lastly, question five, Korean alphabet. For about a thousand years after the introduction of Buddhism, Korean was written in an adapted form of Chinese script. To promote literacy, the ruler of the peninsula at that time personally developed a uniquely Korean alphabet in 1443 CE. This alphabet is still used today. Name either the name of the Korean ruler or the name of the alphabet as it's known in South Korea. All right, we have our questions. Uh, might be a bloodbath. We'll see when we come back from this break. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are back with our answers. Let's get the questions one more time. We'll see how we did. All right. Uh, my first question was, Bangladesh's history is unique for having achieved independence twice. The first independence came in 1947 from the British Empire. Name the country Bangladesh declared independence from in 1971. Yeah, uh, I was all over this. I knew um, that they were um, free from the British in 47, along with India and Pakistan when they split. And um, India separated from Pakistan, which included Bangladesh. So um, we said it was uh, East Pakistan, so part of Pakistan. We had a similar conversation, not to that depth, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Uh, I thought it came, I knew that India and Pakistan separated around that time. I thought this might have been involved in that subsequently, and we ended up going with India, however. 
All right. Uh, yeah. Points for one team here. Uh, I was looking for Pakistan. Yeah. Um, India is such a red herring for this one because it makes more sense that it would have because they're right next door yeah. that it would have been yeah exactly but the reason for it is because during the partition of India in 1947 um, they separated the subcontinent um, you know the British they're so amazing at drawing borders for other countries and so they uh, separated it based on religion India being predominantly Hindu and then Pakistan being predominantly Muslim Bangladesh is also predominantly Muslim and so it was East Pakistan until it became Bangladesh in 1971 so you were bang on uh, nice job. A question two was Johansson. So in 2020, Scarlett Johansson was nominated for both Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Uh, she was nominated for Marriage Story for Best Actress. I wanted to know for which film she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress that year. Uh, it took me a minute on this one. Uh, I just had to picture her roles in my head and more recent roles and what might have been like sort of serious-ish enough to uh, merit a nomination. And we went with Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, we were going back and forth. Uh, it was in there. Um, we had visualizations of it, and then Taylor finally pulled it out from somewhere in that brain of his. Um, but we also said Jojo Rabbit. Uh, yeah, excellent pull, both teams. This is Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, nice. Um all right, so question three was oats. I will say when I was on Jeopardy, I was referring to the uh, to the grain when I answered oats, but I went in a different direction for this question. So um, Hall and Oates topped the Billboard Hot 100 six times in their career. Name the first of their singles to achieve this feat, peaking at number one in March 1977. Uh, subtitled You'll Never Learn, the soulful track lamenting the privilege of the titular subject was covered by Nina Simone in 1978 and has the line, high and dry, out of the rain. It's so easy to hurt others when you can't feel pain. I believe this uh, person is the quote unquote rich girl. So that's what we said. Yeah, sampled by a uh, a band called Down with Webster in two thousand nine. Um, I I knew this was Rich Girl as well. Uh, and you are both correct. It's Rich Girl. Uh, absolutely, no one got this during playtesting. Really? So oh, well. I'm very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question number four: Raleigh and Columbia. Uh, the capitals of North, South, North and South Carolina both lie in the densely populated Piedmont region of the American South. While not connected directly by a U.S. interstate, the two capitals are linked by an older U.S. route, which runs from Maine to Florida, named this United States Highway. Uh, we weren't terribly sure, but uh, knowing how the numbering system works, we thought it just might be Highway 1. Um, yeah, growing up in Florida, we had, I was think we, we I tossed out Route A1A. That's more along the coast. Um, and then we talked about Route 1, um, which runs actually right by here in Maryland. And kind of thought maybe that was up the East Coast and with the history of it. So we locked in with Route 1. Very nice job. Points all around. I was looking for U.S. Highway 1. All right. And the and, final question. Uh, yes. So final question was Korean alphabet. Um, for about a thousand years after the introdu introduction of Buddhism, Korean was written in an adapted form of Chinese script. So to promote literacy, the ruler of the peninsula at that time personally developed a uniquely Korean alphabet in 1443 CE. This alphabet is still used today. So I wanted to know either the name of the ruler of Korea at that time or the name of the alphabet as it's known today in South Korea. Well, we didn't know uh, this one, and we didn't know where to start, so we just picked a uh, Korean name, and I believe this is the name of a more recent uh, Korean ruler, and we just said Moon. 
Yeah, we had we really had no legs on this one at all. And so we were going to tap, but then she said, you want to lock in with Nada? And I was like, well, on the absolute <laughs> Hail Mary offense possible that that could be something, let's say Nada. About Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't think that one's yeah, going to work. Like, the Spanish word of Nada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, great effort there. I realized this one was uh, definitely tricky, uh, but the ruler of Korea at that time would have been King Sejong or Sejong the Great. Uh, and the alphabet as it's known today in South Korea is called Hangul. Yeah. Well, great performances all around there in the final round and a nice clever question from Roan on the first one about Bangladesh, because I believe that was the word that won you the championship of Jeopardy. Is that right? <laughs> In indeedy, yeah, that was the final Jeopardy that uh, that put me over. Uh, yep. Well, well, very clever there. Uh, and it looks like Abracadaver uh, picking up thirty points there after all said and done, bringing their total to an even two hundred, which is a great score. Yeah, nice. But uh, Mojo Jojo picking up ninety points, bringing their winning total uh, to three hundred and five, making them today's cream of the crop. In you, triviality, I'm talking to you. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. It turned out to be Kenuff. It was yeah. Kenuff. Hey, I can't be mad they at, losing, enough. at losing to Mojo Dojo's Mojo Dojo Casa House and Ken <laughs> on the team. Yeah, what you had to do? be had to be done, of course. But uh, pleasure playing yeah. with you guys. Uh, everybody did great. Uh, Kristen, any final statements today? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Good to see you again. Um, congrats on all the success and the growth of the podcast. Um, just want to say I'm a two-time breast cancer survivor, so I just want everybody to check themselves, check with your loved ones, um, give call in, just check with, um, you know, those that you care about, whether uh, you know they're okay or not. Uh, we all need uh, some love around these days. So, uh, but more importantly, get your mammograms, get checked, go to the doctor. But other than that, um, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Taylor, thanks for pinch hitting. Yeah, great, <laughs> thank, great message too, me. Taylor. You take the uh, yeah. Floor. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Kind of a last second fill-in type of thing, but always happy to be here. Um, super fun game. Great questions, Roan. Um, I just wanted to uh, give a little shout out to my wife. We're expecting a uh, a baby here in about a month, so that's really exciting and very congrats. Uh, very, wow. Yeah, thanks guys. It's gonna be a little girl, so. Mm. Um, Next time I'm on here, I'll be, you know, part of that girl dad, uh, hopefully girl dad, uh, um, club is if, as you know, all things go well. So big hopes there. Otherwise, um, yeah, always happy to be here and can't wait for next time. Wonderful. And Ron, great questions. Uh, great hosting. Any uh, final statements today? Thank you all so much. Um, yeah, I had so much fun, so much fun writing these. Um, yeah, I I don't really have anything to plug or like anything going on at the moment. Really, I'm about to move into a new apartment in about a month. I'm actually technically moving to Evanston. Oh, I don't nice, know if you can nice. believe it. Um, right. Yeah, just uh, yeah, hop in the border. So got that coming up. But in terms of what I would want to share with uh, the listeners, we'll also want to say congrats again on the on the growth of the podcast and everything. I'm not always the most uh, religious listener of podcasts. But um, I think I'm one of many people who found your podcast during the pandemic because I googled trivia podcasts and your SEO is tight. And you were right <laughs> there at the top. Um, and uh, was like, Oh, cool. They're in Chicago. And they're also hilarious. And so yeah, it's always a fun time. I've been very excited to host for a while. And this was a great experience. I think the last thing that I would say is, um, if 
uh, I know I'm not the first and probably won't be the last Jeopardy person to be on this on this podcast. I just want to tell everyone, take the Jeopardy test. It's a really fun online test. You can take it whenever you want now. Um, you can only take it once a year, but you can elect to take it and anytime you want. Um, if you're in the mood for some trivia, take 13 minutes to take the Jeopardy test. You might get on Jeopardy and you might beat a 40-day champion and uh, have like the crazy experience of your life. Um, I would not be here if I was not on that show. So yeah, take the test. Wonderful. And uh, that'll do it for today. Uh, and we couldn't do it without Airwave Media, our network. Uh, please check out airwavemedia.com and check out other great podcasts such as Who Did What Now? History of the Second World War and A Mindful Moment for those mindful moments. Right, Neil? That's right. I'm in one right now. Yeah. Take care of your gums, Neil. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks to everybody, as well as Jeff and Neil in the studio. And I'm Ken, and that was Triviality.